Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Roz. I tried very hard not to fall down. Because that's mainly me. Fall down, Roz. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Roz, and I am a very grateful compulsive overeater. Thank you. And I feel very blessed to be here tonight and to be alive. And thank you, Mickey. And for asking me, and thank you everyone for hearing me. Um, I just, I was just four, uh, I was just 24 years old <laughs> on, on May 26th. And um, I can't believe that I'm alive today because I wasn't supposed to live. And if I could do this program, anybody can. Um, I can't, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my path. I came in here 26 years ago, 24 years ago. Um, dying. My death sentence was three doctors telling my parents and I and my husband that I had like six months to live. I'd had a heart attack. I had had cancer. I had angina, <coughs> high blood pressure, and my diabetes was 700. I was very sick. And the last part of that was liver disease. The fat was pressing my liver. And I couldn't even keep the food down, but I kept binging and binging and binging. I could not stop binging. I couldn't stop. I tried every single diet, Weight Watchers, uh, uh, all of it, drinking those drinks, every single thing. At that time, I weighed 390 pounds. There's going to be pictures going around. Um, I hated my very being. I thought it was stupid, insane, um, a piece of shit. I couldn't even go in front of people. I couldn't hardly walk. But at that time, my son was in Overeaters Anonymous, so he took me to my first meeting, which was Daniel Freeman Hospital in Marina Del Rey. And there was only 12 steps there. I could hardly walk without taking a pill for my angina. And I didn't even think I could stay. I went to three meetings a day for probably two years. I needed it. I needed it badly. Because I had no self-esteem, no self-worth, nothing. I was a nothing. And I was very, very ill. And I had to get outside help. Because I didn't know what happened to me. I had no memory. I had nothing except the names in my head that was told to me. You're you're no good. You're bad. We're going to put you in reform school. You know, I I did every single thing that a kid could do. To uh, that was not a good idea, <laughs> and um, that was my path. My parents did the very best they could; they really did. And I had to go all the way back and forgive them and love them, and uh, and I do today. There's not one resentment or anger towards anybody in my life today. I have a son that I love dearly who doesn't talk to me, or my husband, or anybody in the family, and he's a therapist. A family therapist. <laughs> um, you know, he's still in, 
whatever is going on, he's still in his own childhood or something. But I can forgive him because he's just like like whatever. And um, <coughs> I feel sad for him, but he's in my prayers every day and every night. And um, he doesn't get to see his nieces, my granddaughters, or his sister, or anyone. And you know what? It's sad. But I have to keep going forward. Keep walking forward. That's what I was told to do, not go backwards. God has taken 200-something. It was 240 when I was anorexic, so now it's not. I was 70 pounds thinner than I am now. I got anorexic all the way down to where every time I bumped into something, my a rib would, fall, would break. Because what happened was, I found out what happened to me, and it was a lot of sexual abuse. And um, once I faced all that, I was able to eat. I had to go to a special nutrition list to eat because I couldn't eat. Not funny. I couldn't eat. So I stayed. I have um, my husband and I have been married 50, 58 years. And um, there's a picture going around. We got remarried in program because um, I got so anorexic that my mind was sick because I thought, I don't want to be married anymore. I want to date. That's how and I had little leather skirts that were like up to here, like past <laughs> my thighs, and little leather jackets. It was tiny, honestly. And everyone told me how bad I looked, and I thought they were jealous. <laughs> and if anyone, any old-timers here that know Dora Siegel, that sweet, wonderful woman, she told me, she goes, you're going to die. You're not eating enough. You're not even eating. And I said, I thought, oh, my God, she's really sick. <laughs> I was sick. And I had to bring uh, pillows to every meeting because I had no skin on me. And every time I walked by, like, a brick, my skin fell off. I was like, skin. it was so bad. And every time someone told me, I thought they were so jealous of me. But I was really sick. And so I ended up having an accident on Pico... Uh, right near Nordstrom's and my car went into Nordstrom's window and I said oh God thank you I'm going to die but at least I fit into the clothes at Nordstrom's <laughs> that's how mentally sick I was so I had to go to a psych hospital at Century City Hospital and um, in those days in that hospital I learned a lot about me and I learned a lot and then went to my sister. I learned that I am a human being. I learned that I was a woman that's worthy. I learned from this program that I can walk, I can do the deal, that I can walk the walk. I learned that all those old things inside of me were out. Like it says in the, in the big book, there's a solution. And there's a solution inside of me. All those old things that were told, you're no good, you're this and that. There's like God's little angels were working inside of me and I could let go and let God and, and become the woman I always wanted to be. And um, the weight came off in 15 months. Way That's what happened way too fast. I would not recommend it to anyone. But I think that's because I was dying. And I have these 24 years filled and filled with love from everyone. And I have this, you'll see the picture there, my three granddaughters. My, no matter what's going on, my husband got very ill. 
like 10 or 11 years ago, and I took care of him at home for five or six years, and then he fell and broke his hip, and he has been in a home for the last almost six years. And we married so many years, and he was my, he's my, my soulmate, my best buddy. And having him going in a home, and he wants to, he won't come home, he's in diapers, he's, he's really sick. So that was a big thing. I never have been alone. I've never lived alone, never done anything by myself, anything. And so that was a big turn in my life. And I grieved and worked through it, and, and I, I'm alone in my house, but I'm not alone. I have a God that loves me so much that I'm, and I have my stuffed animals, <laughs> and I, I, I have friends that love me, and they're there for me, and they're here tonight, some of them. And um, when I moved to Orange County, there was no meetings, and so I had, was here every weekend. I hated Orange County. I hated it. Uh, you couldn't believe it. And I couldn't move back because we had lost our house and everything. So um, they kept that away, and Kathy Pagoda and um, and our founder kept saying, "Start a meeting, start a meeting, stop complaining." So I started the meetings there. Now we have a lot of meetings, but I'm happy there now, and I can't leave. My husband's there, my daughter's like 45 minutes away. And my life is in Orange County, and I do love it there, but I love Los Angeles. <laughs> I love the meetings here. And um, my journey my journey is one of letting God do it for me. Letting go and letting God. That's my message. I can't control the weather. I can't control my husband's sicknesses. I can't control my own stuff. I can't control anything. All I can do is ask God, what is your will for me today? Who can I help? do for another person today. My my uh, program has been better and better as I grow and go forward. I don't know anything. I don't know everything. I just ask for guidance or my sponsors. It's about, for me today, it's not about the food. It's about spirituality. It's about God. And my food, my food is taken care of. I eat I, have, I put God around it, the light of God. I journal all the time. I work the steps. I sponsor. I sponsor a lot of people. I'm sponsoring two new people that are 100-pounders. And it's about giving it away. It's about letting go, giving it away, being a service. Doing, being a service. And my first service commitment was where I started, Daniel Freeman. The first time I did it, the... I was a literature person, and they used to keep it downstairs at the hospital. First time I did literature, I went downstairs to get it, and someone stole it. So I was going to quit away. I absolutely thought it was my fault. It's my fault. I'm going to quit this program. And my sponsor goes, it's not your fault. Someone stole it. What does that have to do with you? But that's how badly I felt I was, that someone stole That It was my fault that someone stole it. It was always my fault. I think I came out of my mother saying it's my fault. You know, today, my husband has bipolar. He has a form of cancer. He has a lot of health issues. And um, he loves me so much, he can't believe it. He says, he wants a copy of what I say. He thinks I'm the best. But, um, and it is not easy to be, it's not easy to walk this path. It gets harder as I get older. But you know what? It's easy. It would not be easy if I ate over this. 
It would not be easy if I ate over anything. In a doctor's opinion, it describes somebody that I feel was like me. Someone who, who just was at the pit end, in a dark pit, who could never get out of it. A woman at 51 that came in here, I never, I was always negative. I took every kind of, I was a pill addict. I was out of it all the time. I was a nutcase. Okay? I couldn't get enough pills in me, enough diet doctors. From one to the other, I traveled to get those pills. And I couldn't stop eating. Food, I went from one place to the other. Sugar, just sugar. And then my husband would come home from work, and we'd go and do it together. And it's like I was in a prison of my own making. I could not stop eating. And I thought, I just didn't even know what was wrong with me. Every, every one therapist said, think about the food as a snake, sugar. Because <laughs> I'm afraid of snakes. Um, nothing ever helped except Overeaters Anonymous. This has been, for me, the only place that I have had any recovery. The only place where I feel safe. You know, last night I talked. Somebody came over after a meeting. I was able to tell this man everything that ever happened to me. I'm not like that. I don't go around saying everything that happened to me. You know, but I feel safe here. It is amazing to me. The big book is my like my Bible. The steps I work all the time. I um, if I want to eat, here's what I do. I write a letter to me from my disease. It goes. That, that was one. I have you back. Just come a little bit more towards me. Come on. Go eat some sugar today. It won't hurt you. I want you back. And I, my disease is like this giant dragon with flames coming out. Okay? Because I love uh, fairy tales. This giant dragon. And then I write, and then I have God write my disease a letter. He goes, disease? You disease? Get away from her. I'm all powerful. I'm all loving. I'm there for her. You cannot have her back. And then I, have, I write a letter to God thanking him. This is what I do. I'm constantly writing whatever is happening in my life. I have letters in my computer to my son telling him how much I love him. I have letters, you know, I have letters for my husband for everyone because that writing is my tool to life and I want you to know I laugh I live I have a really beautiful life no matter what's going on I love to laugh uh, last week my friend Linda made me a birthday party um, it was so beautiful my both my sisters came and my brother-in-laws for my, it was so beautiful and everyone stood up and said something about me I wish I would have recorded it that I could remember it all. But the beautiful thing was my brother-in-law. Uh, my younger sister is 17 years younger than me, and he had a stroke. He's only 50-something from his diabetes. And he stood up there and talked about me. I just cried of what I've done for him. Because, um, and he's watching. He's a miracle. And all these people said beautiful things about me. I have to say, it's hard for me to take it in, really. But I, I remember my uh, my sponsor said years ago, "Say thank you and walk away," because I was so beaten down 
by those voices in my head that are no good, that it's really hard for me to take in something. But today I could just say thank you. Because humility is so important for me. Humility, patience, tolerance, a love to love others, to help others. That is so important to me. To, no judging. Um, I don't like when people judge. I just had to make events in the car today to somebody I love about something I said about someone. And, um, and I knew it was wrong. Um, so I have to make amends constantly and be honest and, you know, and follow those steps. And I'm in another program. I'm learning more. And I, I'll never know anything. All of it. And you know what? I, I have a, I, when I had my accident a few years ago, I talked about it last time, I had all these friends with me for 24-7 at home helping me. And a few weeks ago, I fell again, and I didn't break anything. My face had blood pouring out. My sister poured alcohol on me. That was good. For my, for the pain was immense. And um, I just had a beautiful life, no matter what's happening. Because I learned here to laugh, love, and live. And my little girls, not little, 16. Oh, my 16-year-old gave me a camel. She didn't want to, but she did. And then she said, what do you need this program for, Grandma? You would have lost the weight anyway. You'd be okay. It's, it's, it's silly. I said, you know what, Cassidy? When you get older, you'll understand. But I didn't have She's too funny. But um, I need this program. Just like we all do, I need my meetings, no matter how many years. I still go to three or four a week. Um, I, I need it, all of you. You're my lifeline. There's no way I could ever stop going to meetings. Even when I got hurt and was in the hospital, we had meetings. I had to go to a, <laughs> where my husband is to home and stay there for eight weeks. That wasn't fun, but um, we had meetings there. They brought the meetings there. That's, that's because all of you are lovely. That's because we all are together. We support each other. It's such a program of support and love and action. Um, my brother-in-law, my, sis my, uh, my sister, who's three year years younger than me, her husband said, why don't you quit the program a few months ago? You're always crying. Okay? And, uh, and last Saturday, he called me up and made a man to me. He said, after what I heard, today, what people said about you, how you've helped them, I really apologize to you. I didn't know that you were like that. Because I just saw you sometimes crying, and I didn't know when I apologized to you. What you've done is a miracle. He didn't understand the program, the 12-step programs. He thought that I shouldn't stay here anymore, <laughs> that I'm already recovered. I'll never be recovered. Never. And um, I'm just very lucky to be here, very blessed that God gave me the energy, the guidance, the courage. It takes a lot of courage to walk the path. And I think, I think I'm going to let go right now and have you do questions. My energy is Thank you. So, it's open for questions. Who'd like to ask a question? Yes. Thank you for sharing. Um, what was your um, relationship with your higher power before OA and... Okay. 
I didn't have any. Can you repeat the question? Okay. Oh, okay. What was my relationship with my higher power before I got here? I didn't have any. And when I got here and heard that word God, I wanted to quit. So my husband said, stay three more weeks and then I'll quit with you. <laughs> I couldn't stand it because of things that happened. I didn't believe in God. And um, so finally I made it, I made my higher power a light for the universe. And that was good. And then nine months later, when I kept losing weight and I wasn't eating sugar, I knew it. So I called my sponsor and I said, oh, I get it. It's God doing for me what I can't do. How would I keep off sugar when I was such an addict? So it finally became God and now it's all about God. God's everywhere. He's here by meeting. He's here now inside of me. And if I don't if something's going on and I'm hurt, I, 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 I have, I've had my third pacemaker. I've done a lot of damage to my body. You know, my stomach, you know, the stomach, the pain, this is my battle scars. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of anything. Except the blouse that I put on. I couldn't <laughs> It's a sexy blouse for a young person. Not a 75 year old person. I, I know someone right here who look good at that back to her. <laughs> but when you weigh almost 400 pounds, you've done a, you have all this fat hanging. You don't want to wear this blouse. <laughs> That's my answer. Anybody else have a question? Oh, come on. I love questions and answers. You. What is your daily spiritual practice? Oh, oh okay. That's, that, I love that question. I get up in the morning and I, I do my prayers and I read. I read out of the AA 24 hours a day and I read my for today book but, and I write. And then I go in the shower <laughs> and I do my character defects in the shower. I let them go down the drain. I swirl them. I watch the little ones go down the drain and I ask, I ask God, I ask, I ask God to remove them. Anything I have, you know, like jealousy or if it's a, I ask God to take care of my son. And then I watch him going down the drain. It works. It really does. And I'm very peaceful and content. I cannot go out of, I cannot do anything until I do my prayers. And I, in the afternoon, I do meditation. And at night, and I breathe. I go, breathe in the face and breathe out to fear our anxieties. I, I do that breathing. That helps me. Even tonight, I did it in the car because I felt anxious before I got here. Anyone? Oh, Mickey. Hi, Ross. Could you talk more about uh, the letters that you write where you you have a letter uh, from your disease and then a letter from God and your letter. Could you could you go into that a little bit more, please? Yes, I will. Um, the letters I write are really in-depth. Really. You, they make me cry because I know I'm one point away from this disease because it's always out to get me. I usually don't have the big cravings that I have right now. I have giant cravings right now. I don't know if it's because it's my birthday or because my husband's more sicker or what. So the, the letter that, that the disease writes that I told you is make, I cry from it because I know, I know and believe that I am one by the way for losing myself into the oblivion of the disease. So that is so powerful because every time I write that letter, 
because I want to eat. And it's so powerful that I end up crying. It's like, I've got you back where I want you. You'll never be able to go to a meeting again. You won't sit, you'll have to sit in the two chairs like you did in the beginning, because I had to use two chairs. You'll never be able to see your friends. You won't fit in your friends' cars, because I can't drive anymore since my accident. Uh, you'll be ashamed, and you're worthless, and you're this, all those things that I felt. And then God writes back the disease. Get away from her. I'm protecting her. I'm powerful. I love her. You'll never get her again. She is not going to eat. I've taken care of her. I take care of Rod. You can't have her back. And that's power. I make it so powerful. I feel it. It's not because I'm making this up. I'm making it up. I feel it inside of me. I can feel it coming out of me. I just, I don't write just to write. If I feel it. I feel this whole thing happen. I'm not being dramatic. I feel all of it. <clears throat> and then I write a letter to God. Thank him for my blessings. And the whole thing, lately I've been hungry at night. Hungry at night. And I have to stay in my bedroom and read my book until I fall asleep. I haven't been falling asleep good at night. So I can't go out of my room, out of my bedroom at night and I, I don't keep anything in the house that that is good, that is not good. I don't even keep bread in the house anymore. So, so my granddaughter was over you know, last week, so she bought raw cookie dough, you know, chocolate chips she was going to bake. I thought she was going to bake. Oh, no, she was eating the raw cookie dough. So, I went to the refrigerator, and there it was, staring at me. You don't think I didn't want it? Uh-huh. I'm a compulsive over here. Being 24 years doesn't mean that you're cured, cured. So I looked at it. I thought, uh-oh. And I went to the sink. I poured I poured everything horrible on that cookie dough. Then I wrapped it up, and I ran <laughs> to the dumpster and threw it away. I'm still a compulsive over here in recovery. I think I'm never going to be cured. But I didn't have this obsession for years. But right now, at this point in my life, it, it came back. And and surrendering to God is the only way that I'll be okay. Talking about it to you, I'll be okay. Talking to Mickey and my Todd and my friend Linda, I'll be okay. God will always take care of me. I think I'm I don't think it's ever a cure for a whole lifetime. So when I'm it's emotional hunger. It's not because I'm hungry. It's emotional. It's all emotional. It's right here. And honest. Yeah. Uh, would you talk about how you work with others about the sponsorship? Okay. okay. I work with it. You know what? I'm finding out. Well, yeah. Oh, how I work with others. I'm finding out that everyone's different that I work with. Everyone. I've just been sponsoring two people. One's taking her, one's just taking her 30 day chip. She, I sponsored her different than the other newcomer that I'm sponsoring with 30 days because they're both different. It's so funny. It's like I can't believe it. It's like they're both doing the steps different. They're both on a different path. One is very uh, church conscious, you know, and um, and the other one's different. So 
I just, I've learned that everybody's not the same. It's, it's like a gift to know that. But they're both doing the steps. They're both in the big book. They both come over once a week. They call me every day. And the other people I sponsor are all on their path. They're all doing great. So I, and I take phone calls. And um, but lately, I can't take late night phone calls. I just have to take care. I've learned I have to take care of myself first. But I love the, I love to be of service. I, yeah. So if you leave your phone number, I will call you back. Um, what is your accent, and how did you come to define it? It's been different. Uh, what is my accent, and how I define it? It's been different. It's just changed. In the beginning, I, <laughs> in the beginning, it was like I, I could hardly eat, and uh, that's how I lost that weight so fast. And then. And then I had to go to the nutritionist twice to learn how to eat better. And now it's healthy, very healthy. Um, I have a new sponsor. I have a man sponsor right now. And um, he's, he, he's really good. I can't do it exactly his way, but I eat breakfast, which is like sometimes cereal and fruit are fruit and cottage cheese. And then lunch... Um, it's maybe a salad with chicken in it or something. And I do eat whole wheat bread. I just threw it out. I, I don't want it anymore. I don't want to eat it. I'm not eating bread right now. Um, and then, for dinner, I have a good dinner. Chicken, or, or a steak, whatever. And vegetables, and fruit. So, it changes. It just changes. Sometimes I have a big potato or a sweet potato. I really eat healthy. It's God, God just directs me. And I, I have friends over for a barbecue. And we, it's, it's a beautiful abstinence. It's what works for me. We're all different. I bought a scale. I only weighed just once in 24 years. <laughs> I did. Because I know what a portion is. I believe I know. And if I don't know, I will, I'll weigh it. Any more questions? Yes. I do, if I have to. Uh, oh, do I weigh a measure? If I have to weigh a measure, if I feel fat or something like that, I will do it. But I don't have to, usually. But I have a scale, and I have measuring cups and spoons. But um, I really know what I really know what a serving is by now. So believe me, it's not what I used to eat—a half a cow, <laughs> and, you know, like a ten-pound steak. Uh-uh. I knew I used to do that. It's it, it, it's supposed to have just like your hand, I guess, maybe a finger. I don't know. <laughs> it's like. Tonight we're, I'm going to have dinner. It's going to be good. Healthy. And now I got into raw vegetables. I like that. So I eat healthy because I have, you know, I have a bad a heart problem. So I have to eat healthy. I have a few, I have a few things left over from my disease, you know. So I better eat healthy or I won't be here. And I have to be here because... Because I want to live to see my girls 
I want to hear, be here to see my girls grow up. That's very important to me. Because I took care of them for the first 10 years. My daughter never had to get a sitter when she worked. She's a teacher. So my grandchildren are my are the promises. And I think that there's somebody here that I know very well. I, her grandchildren mean that much to her. And um, no matter what's happened in my life, all the things that happened, him getting sick, losing our house in L.A., moving to Orange County where I hated it, um, no matter what's happened, I've been able, with the courage that God gives me, to go through it, through the giant boulders and steps and all this stuff, to get through it without gaining the weight. And sometimes I do gain weight, you know, and then it gets, then it goes away again. I'm very aware of this. So does that answer your question? Do you want a question? <laughs> Yeah. How did you get into meditation? You... It was very hard for me because I couldn't calm myself with the. And then about three. Oh, how did I get into meditation? Because I know Carl is going to tell me that. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, it took a long time to quiet my voices. I had to work and work to get the voices out of my head. As soon as I got those voices that they were killing me out of my head. I was able to be quiet. And then, so I first started with visualization, meditation. That's how I do it. I visualize myself at the beach with God's light all around me. And um, and I could do it for five minutes, and it was ten minutes. And then I could visualize my daughter and the kids with God's light around them and pray. Uh, it's so unbelievable. I could visualize... When I lost all the weight, we went to Cambria. I had never been there. And it was the most beautiful. I've carved my name in a tree. <laughs> and um, I visualized myself back in Cambria and that tree, our, uh, the ocean. And then I could just sit. I take those breaths. And then I've got the picture and the whole thing with God. It's amazing. It calms me down. I have not been calm lately. I have ADD really bad. I think it's getting worse. And they've taken me off the medicine. So I haven't been calm enough to meditate for more than a few minutes. I think my friend's going to teach me. Um, so, but, but meditation is the most beautiful thing for me. And I never could do it years ago. But now, it's so important to me, prayer and meditation. I pray all the time. I just sat in the car before I walked in and prayed. I feel so calm right now. I wasn't calm, peaceful. Being calm and peaceful for me is so important. And I've learned this since I live alone. I never could be calm and peaceful before. And it's so important to me. I can't let other people, their opinions or whatever they say to me, bother me. And now I can tell them. It's amazing. I can say, you know, blah, 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 and... Sometimes I can't say it. I have to wait till they say more things. And then I go, you know, this really bothered me. And it's my thing. And so I can say that today. I never could say that before. And I make plenty of amends all the time. So I do it right away. So I don't have to do a writing on them. <laughs> what else? Carla. Rock. So, you know, um, thousands of people listening to these recordings mm-hmm. all over the world. So mm-hmm. 
what advice can you offer to people, to, you know, in terms of keep coming back? You know, what kind of... Okay. You've been doing it for 24 years. <coughs> My only suggestion, not advice, would be don't give up before the miracle. Because I shouldn't be here today, according to those doctors. There's a person in program who was in the waiting room when the doctors came out and told my parents and my husband this. She was in the waiting room, and she could verify the whole thing that happened to me. And when I had my heart attack, people snuggled in candy and cookies for me. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> and they wanted to do a gastric bypass, and you know what? I wouldn't have lived through it because of the diabetes. Because I bleed easily, I don't, I don't get through anything easily, and um, it is a miracle. I am a miracle because of the program, because I work it, because of the disease. This disease is a killer. I, I, I'll do anything. And I can't drive anymore, otherwise I'd be driving to LA, but I probably wouldn't make it. I, mean, I was really a bad driver. Um, <laughs> and I can't even focus. <laughs> um, I can't even tell you out there to please stay here. Don't leave. Just don't leave. Because I wanted to leave. But my husband said, give it three more weeks and I'll leave with you. And by that time, I couldn't leave. I wouldn't leave. I had to, in the beginning, I had to go back, backwards, and learn what happened, and then grieve it and let go. I'm not going to live in my past. And I'm not going to live in my future, because I used to. Fairy tales, come on. You should see the picture of Tangle, the Walt Disney one. I bought it for myself. Because I was that girl up in the tower that was waiting for the prince. And now, the prince is all of you. That's it. A fairy tale came true. All of you are my loves. All of you. Every single one of you are the people that rescued me, that gave me my life back. The life I never had. The self-esteem and self-worth and the life I never had before. Never. For 51 years of never liking myself, never loving myself, wearing a size 32 dress, like a 58 bra, they were like parachutes. <laughs> we traveled to the, that white dress. Okay, I have to, I have to go over that. Okay. I just want you all to know that it could be done. You could call me, you could talk to me afterwards, and I love all of you, and thank you, Mickey. Okay, I'm shaking, I'm shaking.